Welcome to the Just Jujitsu Podcast, episode 79. Right? 79. Yeah. Hey, come on, lady I hired to do this. Would you be, pro- <laughs> would you be professional? <laughs> I'm so sorry, but you don't pay me a whole lot of money. 79. It is 79. I was right. God damn it. Man, I... I flew you to this country for one job. <laughs> People didn't like my intros, and I thought maybe if I had a classy British woman with a well with a vaguely British uh, <laughs> accent, that 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 would be worth it. It sounded more robotic than than British. <laughs> it sounded like maybe a British person person Siri. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> All right, so it is episode seventy nine, and we are back here. We took a week off because last week. Exactly a week ago, we sat in these very seats, and I proceeded to struggle with getting my computer to cooperate and to turn on. But that's okay. And and, and to get the uh, <laughs> to, to, to get this going. So work today. Uh, that's always a good thing, and we're able to do our podcast. Oh, and then Croiler, yeah, you're like, well, we can just zoom, and I'm like, we can zoom. And then I thought about it. I was like, no. I can't do any more zooms for right now. I got the face to face. I I got that taste of doing it face to face again after that last episode. I just got that little taste of you, and I'm like, I need more. Yeah, you know, just couldn't do it. You got that taste of me. Did you get that taste of me? No, I did not. You didn't taste it. No. (laughs) Oh man. Well, yeah. So I thought. I thought. I, I like I like the quality that we had before. So here we are again, face to face. This episode, ooh, that your wrist just... That was my elbow. Your wrist just, or your elbow just popped like it was going out of socket. Oh, yeah. It does it all the time. Are there any parts of your body that don't crack when you move now? No. Oh. <laughs> how's, your, uh, how, how's your pec? You were you had a little bit of like a pec inflamed injury. It's better right? now. It's good? Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Hasn't popped up again. Croyler, you went through a, what, was it two, three weeks where you maybe had a, like a B cup? It was five days. Five days. Yeah. Okay. And it, but it was weirdly by my collarbone, which made it even awkward, more awkward than. <laughs> it wasn't a yeah. So you went bra shopping, but none of the bras would fit because it was so high on your I chest. I didn't go bra shopping, but you know, it was up there. <laughs> well, it's good now, and you're able. Your roll rolls have been okay. Yep. Yeah. Everything's been fine. All right. Well, folks, this week's episode is on the bow and arrow choke. Are there other names for the bow and arrow choke? Not really. No. It's pretty universal. It's, it's, yeah. What is it? What's the name for it in Portuguese? You know, there's a lot of things that aren't named in, in, yep, you've, you've you mentioned know, that. So if there is, it would probably be just a translation strictly straight from English to Portuguese. It'd be aquiflasha, but I don't even know if they call it that. Mm-hmm. Would they call it like a, just like a cross collar just nothing really there's nothing there's nothing no not that i'm aware of i mean it might be now heavy heavy influence of american you know mm-hmm. but we, bow and arrow choke was is that something that well before we talk about that for people listening if you're brand new to jujitsu bow and arrow choke is one that is pretty i'd say it's not the most popular it's not more popular popular as far as mainstreams concerned as a rear naked choke or an arm bar, but I think a lot of people visually recognize it. Oh yeah, and it's probably one of the more vicious ones you can you can you know. Yeah, I think well. that's why a lot of people recognize it because if you're taking a picture of that, 
clear you clearly see what's happening there yeah it's not a um murder is what you're saying you're saying murder (laughs) yeah it it really is probably the best presented it's it's the best visual submission because you can get someone who's executing it and looks pretty relaxed right and they're just like looking down and they're almost like spread open like ha ha look at this (laughs) and then you see the person who's being choked and like you said their face is just contorted in agony and yeah it's it's not like a uh, like a like a simple little cross choke that people right. can't really see what's going on there. Yeah, there's nothing subtle about it. When did you first start learning bone arrow choke? I was probably blue belt. Um, I started hitting it consistently when I was a purple belt, but I, I I remember first practicing as a blue belt. So you didn't learn it necessarily when you were just a little kid. Maybe I did, but not that I can like actively recall like a day in class being shown that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's something I I was taught, and as a kid you forget, you know. Um, but I remember um, playing with it and and trying to and trying to pull it live as a blue belt, and then becoming more successful towards like the later stages of my blue belt, early purple belt. Has it been with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu since the beginning? I don't know if it's been since the beginning. Um, Does I think, it come from judo? Does it have an origin there? Yeah, well, judo, judo. Um, in judo, they do a choke that's very similar to it. Um, maybe their version of the bow and arrow. Um, I think, if anything, it was something that jiu-jitsu stole from judo, and kind of like the baseball choke. Um, I think it was stolen, and I think um, been, it's been refined since then. Um, but... I think it became popular in jiu-jitsu maybe in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, That's probably when it was becoming, you know, the, the new thing. As it was becoming more popular, were there people, like like a lot of the other submissions we see as they get more popular, were there a lot of people who just didn't really know how to deal with it because it wasn't something that was quite yeah, as present in I mean, the jiu-jitsu I think, world? I think, I think it's been around longer than, than the late 90s. I think it just became more popular. And I think we've, we've talked about this before where... Um, as jiu-jitsu has developed and advanced and, and grown over the past hundred years, um, the ability. So, so first, the big thing in jiu-jitsu is how do I how do I submit someone, right? So, from bottom, from top, and it, that was a heavy, heavy focus. And then it became control. How do I control somebody in these positions? Because if I control them, I have a better chance of, of submitting, right? That's where like the whole position before submission slogan comes from, but it's really control before submission. It just doesn't sound as good. Um, but I think, you know, mid 1990s to early 2000s was an era of um, how do I transition to positions so it wasn't how do i control a position or how do i submit in a particular position but more so how do i get there because guards there was a big boom in different styles of guards in 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 the mid 1990s to early 2000s you saw butterfly half lasso all these other guards start popping up which created a difficulty of how do i get to side mount how to get to mount to knee and belly to the back and so on um, but again, as it developed, as it just has been developing, people have found nearer ways to get to the back. And because of that, there's now more opportunity to spend more time attacking from the back versus just praying that your opponent turtles up or 
Something along those lines, yeah. Now, the choke itself is a blood choke. Correct. And do you consider it a beginner or an advanced choke? Um, I would say more of an intermediate level. Um, I think I think I wouldn't say beginner because a lot of people would struggle. A lot of beginners would struggle getting to the back, controlling the back long enough to then pull off a semi-complex technique. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say that it's super advanced because it's not, in the grand scheme of things, it's not the most complex technique out there. There are quite a few steps to it, but it's, you know, it's nothing extraordinarily difficult. And it, let's transition to the actual choke itself and the anatomy of it. So in starting out with a choke, is the first thing that you want have to look at your positioning on their back, your controlling of their back? Absolutely. You want to have your hooks. You want to have your seatbelt grip on. Um, you know, you want to, the, the, the most important thing in, in any choke from the, in the back, but particularly the bone arrow is the initial collar grip. So when you transition from a seatbelt position. And the seatbelt we talked about is where you'd have one hand that is underneath their, uh, underneath their arm, the other hand that is over the other arm. Over the shoulder, correct, yeah. Uh, the shoulder, yeah. Yeah, so you're under one armpit and over the other shoulder. The arm that's over the shoulder, that's your choking arm, and your head would be on the opposite side of your opponent's head in regards to your choking arm. So if, you're, if your choking arm is your right arm and your right arm is over their right shoulder, your head would be over their left shoulder. Is there any, is there any style or approach to a bow and arrow that isn't from the back? Yeah, you can do bow and arrows from, from top mount. You can do them from side mount even. Um, there's a couple ways to do it from knee and belly if you're, if you're um, you know, creative. Mm-hmm. But, but primarily, it's, it's, made from, it's done from the back. Okay, so we, we got our hooks in. We've positioned ourselves with the seat belt. And then you said you have to set up that choke. What, the, the initial grip. Or the initial grip for right. that choke. Right. What's the key to, to doing that? Because it can it can be tough for people to sometimes set that up when you have an opponent yeah. who's trying to fight it. I think a lot of people um, in, in gi, you know, Bonero is a gi choke. In gi, the most common mistake I see when people are trying to submit from the back, especially with chokes, is that they tend to lead the choking arm as if they were like doing a rear naked. And the problem with that is in the gi, if your elbow gets trapped in front of your opponent, whether they hold onto it, the floor blocks you, or whatever the case may be, you, you no longer can choke your, your opponent, not with that arm anyways. So we're, we're never leading with that elbow. We're never leading with that arm in, in gi. So instead, what we would do is we would feed with our, our arm that's underneath their armpit, we would feed that collar across to the choking hand. And and if you do it right, and if you feed it correctly, you'll even get a little bit of a, of a pinch of, of their neck, like you pinch their skin on their neck a little bit. Um, and if you can get that, then, then it's a good initial grip. So don't use that hand that is going to be the choking hand as that's not the one that's really hunting and f- going to get it. You bring the collar to that Correct. hand. You don't expose your, your choking arm elbow. Because what happens when you expose that elbow? Because if it's if it gets trapped for whatever reason, whether you guys fall on it or your opponent holds onto it, if your choking arm elbow is trapped in front of your opponent's chest, 90% of the gi chokes go away. You also in danger if you extend too far of them. Yeah, that's always, that's, that's always there. Um, 
I mean, if you're getting caught with a straight arm bar when you're in somebody's back like that, like you deserve to lose. <laughs> just saying. I, I just like to imagine that. you talking to a kid who competed afterwards and submitted that way and they're crying and the parents bring him up to you and say, oh, it's okay, it's okay, Crowler. Tell him it's okay. Like just, just give him just a little, a little, like it, maybe some encouragement. You go, if you get caught with a straight arm bar from the back position, you deserve to lose. Yeah. And then you just turn and walk away and he goes, ah! and he just starts crying. Pretty, pretty much. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't wait to see you as a father. <laughs> so, all right. So yeah, you don't want to cross that arm over. Now, could you also use the technique that we, I, th- I think we've talked about it on here before that I think Marcio coined the term of, uh, when you're, you use it sometimes it's if you go to like, like a shaving. shaving. Shaving, yeah. Do you use shaving so, here sometimes? Um, not, not with a choking hand because if you shave with a hand, that will ultimately get exposed. Mm. So you could shave with a collar, like you grab the collar and drive it across their neck, but not so much the hand. The choking hand shouldn't shouldn't really move in this situation. Why is it a danger here, but not necessarily if you're going for the rear naked choke? So in the rear naked choke, you do want the elbow trapped in front, right? Mm-hmm. So with the remember with the gi chokes the 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 what is actually being done is we're turning the gi the lapel into a rope right so we need to pull that rope like a noose in order to to tighten it generally speaking where in the rear naked we're looking to constrict so we're using to we're using our arms to squeeze the neck versus pulling the the rope tight and, and tighten that noose Okay. And it's just extra, it's extra risk to have that choking hand travel all the way it's through not, to get this yeah, not and then bring risk. it all the way back. Yeah. It's just not worth that risk. The, the benefit isn't, isn't worth the risk. Okay. Now explain also, you, you touched on the crease in the neck. What's, what is that crease in the neck that you're looking for? If, if anyone's been in a class with you, as you've mm-hmm. described this, it, they know, uh, unnervingly so what that <laughs> crease in the neck is and yeah. what that you means sh- you should feed the lapel with your bottom arm to your choking arm enough that there's so little slack that your your partners or your opponent's skin on their neck the opposite side of the neck of, that's being choked correct gets pinched with a collar because there just isn't any more space mm-hmm. so if you do that it means that your initial hand is very very tight right off the bat and and that essentially starts to choke before you even get positioned they already have to deal with that very very tight grip so you set this up you get that incredibly tight choke that I mean if you do it right you really don't even have to or if you get it that deep you really don't even have to do a whole lot more past that no. point um, no. but let's say for uh, practice sake and I mean realistically most people aren't going to nail it the first time you you get that grip and now your next uh, feet will be grabbing the pant leg yeah so the the next goal would be to remove your hand your arm that's underneath their armpit to completely remove that arm out from underneath their their armpit um i don't like to take the hand and go from armpit to knee because that implies that my hand is traveling under the opponent's arm the whole time until i get to the knee and if the opponent catches your arm or holds your arm it can he can complicate your life a little bit to where you can't grab the the pant leg at the end of the day, it's a very lose. It's a losing battle for them, but I just rather not deal with that. So I actually pull my hand back and 
behind the opponent so that they cannot trap it. Once they can't trap it, then it's easy for me to then reach around their body to get the, the pen leg. Yeah, that so just something that that simple. I I don't even th- I don't think about that when I'm doing it. I I my head goes all right. I have my my hand under their arm. Now I, I'll just why not just shortest distance? Boom, right to the pan leg. But that you're exactly right. That's something that simple. There, if they've had this done before, they're going to be looking down, waiting for that hand. It just buys them time. It buys them time to defend, to mm-hmm. escape, to create more complication to your choke than it needs to be so i pull my hand back then and yep. i just and then go right just choose click. just choose that time to pow, shoot yep. it through surprise them grab yep. the pant leg yep got the pant leg okay now is is there anything my, my next thing is i need to rotate my hips or i need to change my leg positioning so that it's no longer parallel with their legs it's perpendicular to their right. legs so essentially your hips should go from being parallel with their hips like almost in line with their hips mm-hmm. to being a, almost a perfect 90 degree angle from them and in am i skipping over anything with those pant legs when you grip grip it or is it just simple just grab the pant legs just, just hold it. it just grab it now how you grip the the pant leg there's a variety of of different uh grips and and they can serve different purposes so if you have somebody who's got very very big legs which means that there's gonna be very little slack in the in the pants instead of getting a, a shitty grip on their pant leg it's easier to hook the knee um you know if you get somebody who's a little bit longer you might want to grab a little bit higher in the thigh so you're not dealing with you know the flailing leg at the end of it and, and there's just just different different varieties there but at the end of the day it's ultimately just a grip in, in their knee thigh area and what is the purpose of that grip so that that will serve both as a transitioning mechanic and as a finishing mechanic at the end. The the transitioning mechanic is we can use that grip to help us achieve that ninety degree turn that okay. we were just talking about. Okay, so so we we grab the leg and now we are initiating that turn. Mm-hmm. What what is the everybody does that wrong. Everybody does that wrong. And what do they do wrong there? <laughs> well, you know, everybody talks about going to 90 degrees. So they look at it as a way to move themselves, you know, so they move their legs over their opponent's legs and they kind of scooch their hips around. Maybe they pull themselves around a little bit even to get that 90 degree angle. And usually what ends up happening is because your opponent is fighting you, you get to more, instead of a 90 degree angle, you get more of a 45, 60 degree turn instead of a 90 degree turn which then causes your bone arrow to be a little bit sloppy. And the end product is you can still get the choke, but you end up hurting their neck and hurting their back instead of a clean choke. So then what's the ideal way to to do that? You spin them. Spin your opponent. How do you spin an opponent? Right. It sounds... It sounds <laughs> does, you're saying you just spin a person. Yeah. So well, when you're, when you're for, for 85 pounds like me, how do I spin a person? So for everybody listening... As long as you have a willing body at home, you can try this. Have them sit on their butt and, you know, basically put their feet on the ground and bend their knees. So they're sitting with their knees up, feet on the ground, you know, as if they were watching TV or something. Uh, If you lift their heels off the mat just a little bit and then you so that the only part that they have touching the floor is their butt and you spin them, they will spin super nice and easy. 
because there's only one plane of contact on the floor, then they'll spin like a top. What are you doing? How are you lifting their heels in this right. in this move? Is it the and that's that's the trick, right? Yeah. So um, the choking hand will as you, your attachment as your way to attach yourself to the to their upper body. So if you have the choking hand, you have the the knee grip with your outside hand. All you got to do there is remove weight from their legs. So you you actually raise your feet off the ground, so that there's you're not adding any weight to your opponent's legs. And then you keep that attachment that you have with the upper body and then that in the legs, and you just lean back a little bit. And if you lean back and they're attached to you, they lean back. They lean back. And then at that point, you can pull the the knee, and the, they should pivot a perfect ninety degrees, and you end up in a perfect position for the choke. And if you end up, as you said, in a sloppy forty to sixty degree angle, mm-hmm. why does that? Why why is it not as tight? What is that taking away from you? Because what what happens at that point is you, at the end at the end product, you will not have your opponent. Um, so in a perfect bone arrow, your opponent should almost their back should be almost perfectly parallel to the floor. Um, barring a couple of variations on the bone arrow. Generally speaking, you want your partner's back flat to the floor so that the entire pressure goes to their neck. If you get a 45 to 60 degree angle, your opponent's shoulder will hit the floor. One shoulder will hit the floor faster and your opponent will actually be more on their side. They'll have a 30 to 45 degree angle off their side, off the floor. Which that is so, as you say that, I realize that's so common. Yeah. That everyone is most people including myself are not really getting the full benefit of what a bone arrow should be because all the pictures i think of in my head when i see a they're bone arrow side. they're always on their side yeah it shouldn't be that way no their faces say that this is a good joke though even though <laughs> well that's what that's the problem with hyper effective chokes mm-hmm. uh, like like rear nakeds and guillotines triangles you can be super sloppy with them and still get you know majority of the time uh, a successful outcome It'd be like a, a shotgun that just shoots out yeah. like buckshot. Like you don't have to have uh, great aim. Correct. It's so effective and does so much damage. Yeah, that, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone who knows a lot about guns, we don't. So you're probably like, that's not how, yeah, that's not a bad analogy. But you know what? It's good enough for now. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so we are, we've rotated now. We are 90 in degree a perfect a world, 90 degrees. Well, you know, before we move there, let's say I do this and I start to go for the choke and I go, oh, no, I'm not at I'm not at a 90 degree. Can I can I correct there? You can recover um, if you catch it before you start applying the choke. Once you start applying the choke, you, you've kind of hit a point of no return. It's very hard to recover. Okay. So if, if it just if you if you if you're going for the choke, if you have the choke, just go for it. If you haven't, you still can maybe adjust. continue to adjust. Mm hmm. All right, so we're now at 90 degrees. Our opponent, we've, we can feel that they've started to soil themselves because they know what's coming. <laughs> it's a familiar I've, that you're, it's I've a never, feeling you're very familiar with. I've never felt anybody soil themselves, no. Really? Not, For all the pressure you've applied I mean, to people, I've, you've never, you've never felt the warm I, I, sensation. I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> You can't. That's the best. If you told us stories about people soiling themselves on you, that would be by far the best content this podcast no, has ever I, produced. I, I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> okay. Well, so we we are in we are in this position, and now 
this is this is the finishing point right or is no. are there do we There's, have any steps no, to get? we still have more steps okay what's our next step so you know because we re- we rotated we created this 90 degree angle rotation there will inevitably be a, a space between your opponents the the back of their neck and the back of their head and your choking arm it just happens to be there because your rotation removed even f- further removed any slack around the gi well to remove that slack it's got to go somewhere right i mean you didn't just reduce their gi size so that always creates a little bit of an opening behind on the back of their head and to eliminate that the first thing there is to take your elbow your choking arm elbow and you bring that elbow down to their spine by doing that you eliminate that space behind them So did your stomach drop like mine when that doorbell rang? Did you think like they they finally the people in this neighborhood, the gangs have finally decided to <laughs> finally decided to like step over the threshold and, and no, start something with no, us? No, I did see though that there was uh, some sort of hidden uh, message when I came in into your neighborhood there was a, a balloon it said seven zero and then like there was like a happy birthday but i figured that's code you know what i drove right past it just thinking it's a birthday but you're right that probably no, is code. A code i didn't see for the first time i didn't see anybody in the streets they meant seven oh that's probably this a sign saying like tonight's the night to strike yeah I that might be it. Someone might have listened. When I heard that, I thought, fuck, someone someone listened to the podcast. They knew that we record on this day. <laughs> and I thought I was going to open that door and, and I was going to see walkers, uh, cardigan sweaters, <laughs> very short shorts, and a lot of wrinkles. Fortunately, that wasn't the case, so we can continue recording. <laughs> this is, this. you know what? One more week is that next week is the last week we'll be recording here in this neighborhood. And then I'm moving closer to me, closer to you. So I think I'll be in a safer space. Probably. I I won't. I won't be so stressed out all the time with this. this I I think you'll be you'll be in a happier place. That's good. You'll be five minutes from the gym, five minutes from from work, five minutes from my house. It's like the trifecta. Yeah. So if I'm, if I, whenever I'm scared at night, I can call and say, Croiler, I need help. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so we left off talking about um, dropping the elbow to the spine. Yes. So you drop the elbow to the spine. Yes. Continue. Right. So once we drop the elbow to the spine, we remove that slack. Um, the reason why that's important is because for anybody that's done a bone arrow and failed, one of the other common fail points is when you get somebody who's got a very squirrely neck and they manage to either pull your elbow, your choking elbow above their head or they manage to move their head underneath your choking elbow and they just barely slip out. So by putting your elbow in their spine, it just removes that out of the equation. Okay. And then from that point forward, um, the leg that's behind their, their back so you, you should have a leg in front of their belly and one by their back. Um, we open that leg and we want to lay the opponent down on that leg as, as, as flat as we can. And what is the laying down of your opponent opponent doing? Because remember, we want the opponent to be as flat on the mat as possible. So when we do apply the choke, the entire uh, 
uh, squeezed, all the pressure that's going into the torque, uh, it all goes to the neck, not to their spine. So if they start rotating their spine, then you can still choke them, but a lot of the force is being distributed throughout their body versus just their neck. So in an ideal choke, are you choking someone and they both shoulder blades of their both their shoulder blades are on the mat yeah never see that when people are doing it (laughs) well no because you also have to give the opponent credit right i mean they're trying to to fight out of it you know they're trying to resist and do whatever they can yeah so when you bring them down to the mat and you lay them to the mat the motion that you're using with your choking arm are you bringing are you trying to keep that elbow tight as you pull it are you bringing is your elbow out is it is it just straight back is it down what's the best most effective way so once they're laying down and ideally they're as close to perfectly flat as possible but once they're laying down uh the 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 choking mechanic there is actually broken down into a few pieces um the first is your arms so you would pull your elbows both the hand that's holding the leg and the hand that's holding the choke you'd pull your elbows to your rib cage that would be the first the first um finishing mechanic there and what is that hand on the on the knee that's now being pulled back what is that doing so it's it's pre first preventing your opponent from simply just rolling out of it right because remember the more your opponent can get on his side the less the choke uh, the, the choke pressure is is focused on the neck so by holding the pen leg they can't really turn too well so that's the first thing the second thing is it creates a bend in their spine mm-hmm. um, which is where the choke gets its name from um, that that essentially that bend on their spine where you pull their leg closer to their choke to their head through your legs um, it, it causes them to become weaker. Once your spine is misaligned like that, you, you can't move too well, your muscles won't fire, you lose range of motion, and you can't rotate out like you want to. So it's, it's kind of like a very shitty place to be. Um, so once you pull your elbows to your rib cage, then from that point forward, you take your leg that's on their hip and you point and you extend that leg. Now, when you're extending that leg, you want to extend leading with your heel and not your toes. That's Which is mistake. so easy to, yeah. I, I still, to this day, I know if I do it, there's been, you'll, a lot of times like, nope, your feet, feet, foot, and right. yeah, why is it that people just <laughs> don't even, do you think it's a lot of it is you have that choke and you're like, fuck, I got it, I got it. And like, you're not even thinking about it. I think it's because people don't know how to move their body. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that to sound like, as kind of saying as it probably sounded, um, you know, coming from a guy who never dances with anybody, <laughs> don't talk, don't judge us for not knowing how to move our body, unless you want me to assume that you're saying you know how to move your body. In which case, you should be dancing. And I'm just depriving you of that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're depriving now all of us. Whatever, whatever, whatever makes you feel worse. All right, continue. <laughs> If I, if I, when I say extend, when people say extend that leg, right, pull it in, extend your leg. Well, people are, they, they're looking at their leg and they're like, how can I make my leg longer? You know? And so they're like, well, I just got to point my toes. Cause if I point my toes, my leg is longer. I'm, 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 you know, but that's, I'm extending my leg, but that's not true. What really should be said is push your opponent with your leg. 
And to do that, you need to use your hamstring. You need to engage your hamstring to push the opponent's body away from the knee grip and the collar grip. And to do that, you need to engage your hamstring, your calves, um, and, and, and sorry, you need to engage your hamstring, not your calves. When you point your toes, you're engaging your calves and you create a, you create a curvature in your leg. When you point with your heel, it you pulling your toes up, it actually helps you engage your hamstring to where you're pushing your knee essentially down into the opponent okay. and away from you. All right. Any other small mechanics of that final choke part? Oh, but yeah, we're not done yet. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> let's hear them. So you, you lay them down, you pull, you extend the leg, leading with the heel, and then you lay down flat. And, and that's it. But that's not it because there are a couple variations. There are there are modifications to the There's some modifications yes. to it's like when you're playing a video game and you have a gun and that gun has bullets. Great, bullets are great. What else could you ask for? How about armor piercing bullets? How about incendiary bullets? How about <laughs> like all these like this is yes. you go, I've got a bow and arrow. What else do I need to do? Right. You're like, well, you might be with someone that you particularly hate. Well, yeah, there there are there are definitely meaner versions of the bow and arrow. Um and but they but they also have a practical purpose as practical purpose too. Yeah, that's what helps you sleep at night. Go ahead. Yeah, let's hear yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you need to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, so if there's a, a sizable uh, size difference, I mean, that sounds kind of funny to say, mm-hmm. but but if there's a, a very large... Significant size difference. There you go, yeah. Um, <coughs> you know, particularly if they're bigger than you, um, one, laying them down is tough. Okay, they're, they're going to be bigger than you. They're going to fight you a little bit. Um, you may have a harder time pushing them away with your leg that's on their that's on their lap right because they're just bigger than you your leg will never straighten out to fully engage uh plus you may not want to lay down with them on top of you being big you know it, it just it's just not a good place to be so with with larger guys i tend to prefer to go with shin to the back of the neck as far as a, um, a variation or knee to the back of the neck for for variation and for that uh everything is the same until uh, up to the point where you put your elbow to the spine. Once you get there, then you drop to your elbow, leaning towards the the pant grip on the knee. When you drop to that elbow, there will be a space, a significant amount of space between your hip, chest, and their back. And that's where your knee would slide through between you and him. And that knee would go to the back of their neck. Mm. And then everything proceeds to be the same. You lay them down. Only this time your shin is in the back of their of their neck, and then you pull elbow to rib cage. You extend the leg, leading with the heel, and then you go flat. Wow, that sounds excruciating. But I at least I know it does. That's as bad as it gets. It, it doesn't. That's it doesn't get any worse than that. Now you're just egging me on. <laughs> oh, you don't know. <laughs> Go on. Um, you can also make it worse by and then this is like a personal favorite. Um, because where, of course, like you said, you need to do it sometimes, right? Yeah. Some there is a time and a place. Yeah. There is definitely a time and a place. So everything is the same uh, up until the point where you get the ninety degree turn and elbow to rib cage, right? So uh, for this one what you would do is instead of laying the opponent down, opening your leg, laying them down, or, you know, leaning towards the, the knee grip where you can get your knee to the back of their head. What you would do is you would simply extend your arms and lean back away from the opponent. 
by doing so you have you should have enough room um, and, and range of motion to take your your leg that's behind the opponent and loop it over your arm and behind their head mm-hmm. so that your shin is now above your wrist above your forearm and directly behind their head all right now listen charles manson tell me why <laughs> that would need to be done because some people just deserve thank you see the, the reason is because you hate some people some people just deserve it. it it's not like well see what some people do is they'll have their they'll put their elbow here their neck here you're no. like because some people just deserve to feel pain more yes. than others yes they need to the back of the head there is a purpose for that the size difference but the shin, the, the 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 last one with the shin over your arm behind their head. That's just because some people just they you need a little extra oomph. Because there's a size difference, and that size difference is that person's massive ego compared to the rest of the populations, <laughs> and their ego needs to be crushed. Yes, yes, that's a good way to go. Fair enough, fair enough. Because that one not only chokes, but it also you know like for those of you that have grappled any amount of time, choking can be scared, but really it doesn't hurt right it's more Mm -hmm. the anticipation of the choke except there's a few select chokes that are also very painful this is one of them this one it feels like your your head might just your neck might just break here yeah a telltale sign of those of those chokes are (laughs) the involuntary yeah that that that's always a good sign of yeah oh that's not a that's a bad joke yeah and you see like (laughs) you see the light starts to fleet their eyes and they're like the panic hits like I might die before I go out, so this might hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Those are good times. All right, I, I want to go back to the Zoom videos. I, <laughs> I, I forgot the cold, haunting presence that is that, that one feels when sitting across from you. I imagine it's what's what it's like for the uh, like the uh, the profilers or the, the people who will talk to an interview. A notorious serial killer. Because <laughs> when, when they're interviewed later, they'll say, you know, I've just never sat across from that type of presence. That type of... You're looking at an individual who feels no remorse, who, who the spirit of humanity just does not exist inside them. Some people just deserve it, man. I think we should just leave it with, like, with that. We should leave it with that on this video. Okay. This point. Right. Actually, no, we'll do one quick question. Just a fun one. Uh... Oh, no. You know what? I, I, I had something made up here, but I forgot that we ha- had an email from a repeat fan. This is from our buddy James Conway. Okay. Title is Movie Roles. He said, Hollywood wants to turn your lives into a movie. Which actor plays you? He said, Croiler has to pick the actor for me. Oh. And I have to pick the actor for you. Which, that's a good turn there, James. That was a, that's a, I like that. Um, you you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll let you go first. Okay, let's see here. If I had to choose the actor for you, <laughs> there are two but directions. Do, but you get to pick the actor and the movie that you're thinking about? Because like sometimes you get a, an actor that's very mm-hmm. f- flexible and they don't play the same roles. I guess when I read that, the way I thought it, thought about it, let's see. Like the character, like a movie character, or a movie. I, I'm imagining that there's a movie about your life or my life. Oh, and somebody's got to play it. And someone has to play that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So in that, for you, I w- I'm going two directions here. I'm gonna have two answers. Mm-hmm. If I'm choosing someone who's close to, who's going to be like close to, 
<laughs> I don't know what I'm doing with yeah, my body. I don't know. I don't know. You're like, <laughs> I started. No, he was like flexing over there. I started like putting my elbows out and like moving like as a fucking monkey or gorilla. <laughs> um, I would choose. Hmm. I'm trying to think of like a like a large actor with a with a uh, just very well. So, somewhat you've had this uh, adjective used for you before: unflappable and deadened <laughs> delivery. <laughs> I guess. I guess if I could take, and this isn't necessarily an actor, this is a character, and if I could just take this fictional character that I've seen, and I want to take the mountain from A Game of Thrones when he's the dead zombified mountain, <laughs> and I want to teach him how to act, and I want him to play you. Oh, okay. All right. So I want to take that. I want to, I want to grab the guy who plays the mountain and says, all right, I want you to play your character when he's been killed as Croyler Gracie. That's what I want. Okay. All right. All right. And then if I went another direction just for my own amusement, I'd like to see maybe Jack Black play you. Jack Black? Yeah. I want to see his version of you. I'm so far removed from Jack Black. Which is why I would love it. <laughs> well. Um, or maybe Andy Dick. Andy Dick Croyler would be funny too. Do I know too. Andy Dick? Huh? Do I know Andy Dick? He, uh, he was from News Radio. He. Let's look him up. Yeah, when you see him, you'll recognize him. He's he's notorious for being like just like, just off the wall, crazy out there. This dude? Uh huh. Yeah, I don't see it. You've never seen him? You know, <laughs> I, I know who he is, but I don't see it. <laughs> no, well, yeah, you wouldn't look at him, and no, he's personality-wise, he's complete opposite of you. You probably even his body too. <laughs> body type as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't wait for this. I don't know. I, I keep thinking like Kevin Hart and Wedding Ringer. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie, but you haven't seen that one. Uh, That's a good one. You should watch that. That's a good one. I'll take Kevin Hart. He's uh yeah. I could he, see that. He's a thousand times funnier. He's in better shape. He's he's a lot cooler. Um, much better more looking. successful. Better looking. Yeah. I'll take that. I'm sorry. I gave you the zombie mountain. That's um, okay. It was a backhanded compliment. Yeah. Can, can I? Uh, can I? Can I change it? I'm gonna say I'll have. <laughs> I'll have Liam Neeson play you. Oh, look at that. Yeah. That that could be okay because he, I just have him get rid of the, the accent and he would, just, I'm just picturing him with the shaggy hair you have right now, <laughs> playing a man 40 years his, his junior. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I could play this game for a while. Maybe instead you could, <laughs> you could do like a, like Keanu Reeves could play you or maybe... Oh man, I'll spitball. You think of another one. I'm gonna think of another one for you. <laughs> oh fuck. Um, what's that guy's name? Uh, Clive Owen. Love oh, Clive okay, Owen play. I think that could work. But it has to be like Clive Owen from like Children of Men. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Lost yeah. Happiness. Yes, that's yeah. that, that Clive yeah. Owen. Yeah. Or maybe the guy from. The boys on Amazon, oh, yeah. the the uh, the the guy who's he's he doesn't have the superpowers. He's trying to take the heroes down. Yeah, the lead guy, the lead that lead yeah, guy. Yeah, I could see that. All right, I was thinking for me maybe Ellen DeGeneres. I, I 
to see that. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to pick the own, I think she would be. I think that'd be, that'd be a, a, a decent representation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. Okay. All right. Or the little guy from uh, from Hunger Games, Peta. Peta. Yeah, I could see you as Peta. Yeah, or Peta is you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, hey, James. Thanks. That was gold, man. I, uh, I and I that probably will come. I'll pro- I'll think of a couple more, and uh, next week maybe I'll, I'll I'll give those out. So. That's it for this week. Uh, hey, British lady, play us out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Chess Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. That wasn't British. That wasn't British at all. I don't know why. I should have recorded you doing that. I well, was trying to get my camera open. <laughs> well, not sure if you knew this, but I was rec- I've been recording this whole thing. Oh, okay. So, that, right. so yeah, you got I it. I meant like a video. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, everyone, we will see you next week. <laughs>